right, welcome back, welcome back to the one and only Fan in the Van podcast. Uh, it, it's been a while since I've done an audio. I've uh, been busy, obviously. Uh, Tuesday night, me and Garrett recorded. And obviously, for those who just listened to the newest release from me and Garrett on Steel and Teal, uh, Chandler Jones Super Troopers in Week 1 uh, predictions, um, thank you for definitely tuning into that and for supporting that project. Uh, tomorrow night will also be Episode 2 of Cigar and Sports with myself and E-Man from Average Joe Sports, so definitely do not miss out on that one uh, as we will be live yet again. So who knows what's going to happen on that one? Um, you know, and just overall to everybody who supports uh, all of us, really, uh, a huge thank you to you. But obviously, we got to get into it. Um, you know, I'll give the Yankees credit here. You finally called up the kids. Hal Brenner finally found his balls and a little more came out. That people may not have realized. Everybody's sitting here. Cashman did the right thing. Mm, wasn't Cashman's decision. Hal Steinbrenner pretty much overrode everybody as a principal owner of this franchise and said, I want to see what these kids got because if they don't have it, then we need to figure out what we're going to trade them for or what we can get for them. So... You know, obviously, he. I guess he met with the nerds in the basement. They crunched whatever numbers, you know, doobity-doobity-doot on their little nerd calculators. And they decided, we're, we're calling them up. And I always said that Dominguez was a little too young to be up here. But, again, he's young. But to sit there and say that he's already better than Aaron Judge, I, I get messages about this, you know, oh, well, look what he's doing, you know, he's already better than Judge, it's five freaking games, okay, he's got three home runs and five of them, yes, he clobbered one off of Verlander in his debut, which, yeah, is is great for your first hit, a home run off of a sure ballot, a sure, a sure fire first ballot Hall of Famer, absolutely, but to sit here and say he's already better than Judge, when Judge is one of the fastest players to get to 250 home runs, and then people sitting there, oh, you criticize Stanton, but he hit his four, uh, 400th home run. That's all well and good. Personal accolades are great, but you know what's better than personal accolades? Championships. And that's why you play on a team. If you want personal accolades and you want it to be about you, then go play golf or go play tennis. But when you play on a team, you have to contribute for the team, not just for your own personal stats. Okay? You know, all this, oh, I want to see the Yankees make the wild card. No, you don't. You don't. And I'll tell you why you don't. Because it, it, it'll sound like a Debbie Downer here, but the fact that if they make the playoffs, how long does this lightning in the bottle really last? We've seen this spark before, and not just with the Yankees, but with any franchise, in any sport, we've seen this. We've also seen what's come of it. Yeah, you're on this ultimate high. You're all the way up here. You're unstoppable. And then all of a sudden, that unstoppable force runs into a wall that's able to stop them. You know, it's like in football when, 
you know, the, the year Tom Brady went undefeated. Everybody thought that he was going to do what the Dolphins once did. And he ran into a wall. And that wall was Peyton's little brother and the New York Giants. So, yeah, the lightning in the bottle lasts for a while. But it ends at some point. It's like anything else. It's like, you know, The Sopranos was the greatest show on HBO and, you know, go, you know, in the late 90s into the 2000s. And then what happened? It had to end. It ran its course. That's the same thing with anything in any sport. A winning streak will run its course. Whether it's a quick 10-game streak or it's a 20-30 to 30 game win streak. Because what the Yankees have to do... And you look at the numbers. Oh well, they're only this many games out of the third wild card. You know, you know, it, it's not an impossible feat. When you look at the numbers, okay, I'll give you that. But here's the thing: you got to win those games to make that number dwindle. You then have to hop, skip, and jump. How many other teams? So where you look at it and go, oh, that's not impossible to do. Um. It's very hard to do, in fact. And, and this is where when people who send me the messages, I just sit there and I shake my head. And I know Garrett was going at it with somebody yesterday because he screenshot me, you know, everything. And it's just like people sit there and they go, there's no way you guys get messages of with, with people that just type stupidity. If I screenshotted every message, I'd still be doing it. I wouldn't be doing any episodes right now. It would just be me screenshotting everything and showing Garrett or or showing Aaron at Brutally Honest to showing my uh, showing E Man at Average Joe Sports all the bullshit that I get every day and, and you know what it's like it's like I tell everybody you sent me a message for a reason and and you know so and don't get me wrong there's positive messages where it's like. Hey, you know, you guys had a great show. I loved when you discussed this. Or, hey, I loved when you and Garrett just go down the rabbit hole and just go off on tangents about fucking super troopers or whatever it is. You know, and then there's people, you know, it's supposed to be steel and teal and that's all you should talk about. And I and and my response to that is, well, then you produced the show then, fuckface. Because it, it, it's, you know... It's our content. It's how we want to run with it. And, you know, I even had one where somebody actually messaged me because they listened and they heard me go on this rant about Salicata. For, so for those who don't know, Salicata is a midday host at WFAN. He did the overnights on WFAN. He's pretty much bounced around all the WFAN scheduling, right? And there's times where he, where his opinions are correct and there's a lot where it's wrong. So he decided to come out and he said that there are a lot of morons out there in the sports world and that he's not one of them. And that's a bold-faced lie because he is a moron and he has been proven wrong. Listen, I'm not saying that I'm right every single day of the week. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes my opinions aren't correct, but here's the thing. Nine times out of ten, I'm correct. Nine times out of ten, Garrett is correct. Nine times out of ten, we're all correct and you're wrong. It's just one of those, you know, 
no matter what we say, you're just going to have a group of people that just have to fight you on it. And that's fine. That's fine. Because the difference is, I pick and choose my battles. I'm not going to argue with somebody over, you know, whether Dominguez is better than Aaron Judge. All my response is going to be, when Dominguez gets a nine-year, $360 million deal, then we can talk about Dominguez being on the level of Aaron Judge. Is it great what the kid has done? Absolutely. But we've also seen this before. A kid who rockets his way through single A to triple A and gets to the majors like nothing, but then flamed out. And you know who that was for the Yankees? Devi Garcia. Devi Garcia is a prime example of why you should not compare anybody to anybody. Because Devi Garcia was dominant in single A, dominant in double A, dominant in triple A, came up here, and he was like that kid, for, he, he was like, he was like Michael Rappaport's character in the movie The Scout, right? And we're going back as far as movies, where he was this, this phenom in college, and then he gets to the Yankees, and he literally throws up on the mound, all right? That's what Devi Garcia was. He got up to the main stage and he failed. Devi Garcia is the example of a guy who finally gets to gets to be with the girl of his dreams for one night and can't perform. Can't rise to the occasion. That's what Devi Garcia was. And I'm not saying that's going to be Jason Dominguez because again, one's a pitcher, one plays the outfield, and one swings a bat. But... What I'm saying is we need to stop comparing him to Judge and to Stanton. Obviously, he's better than he's not better than Stanton either. And granted, Stanton isn't even better than Stanton. But I'm not going to take away Stanton hitting 400 home runs over his career. Again, that's an impressive feat. And for those, who, for those that listen and are going to scrutinize this, I will explain this to you. Hitting a round ball is not as easy as people think. People make it like it's so easy. There's a lot of scientific bullshit that goes into it. You know, there's timing. There's hand-eye coordination. You don't know how many rotations per second that ball is going to have. You don't know whether it's going to be a curveball, a splitter, a knuckleball. And, and yeah, we bash them when they can't hit or can't score, but... Sometimes some of these pitchers just give you one and you still miss. But, you know, regardless of that fact, pump the brakes on the Dominguez is better than Aaron Judge, okay? Just enough of that. Enough. You know, enough of we're making the playoffs and we're going to, you know, steamroll through everybody. Just, just stop. At this point, it's one game at a time. That's all you can look at it as, is one game at a time. I understand, again, you know, and, and, and listen, kudos to Hal for finally finding his balls, but you did it too late. These moves that were made, 
you know, again, and I said it, I said it on a video I did, I believe, Monday. It's too late. These are moves. Releasing Donaldson should have been done at the trade deadline. Calling up these kids should have been done then and putting Rizzo on the on the IL then. See, the Yankees make the right move, but they did it too late. So in hindsight, where this is a great move, absolutely calling up Pereira, calling up Austin Wells, calling up Dominguez, you know, that's great. But again, you're late to the dance on it. There's roster moves the Yankees could have made where it's like, okay, we could bring these kids up now. And then what would have been? If we lived in the world of what ifs, what if? What if Hal Steinbrenner at the All-Star break said, you know what, Cashman? Your decision-making is shitty. <laughs> and I'm over. I'm overriding you on this one. And I am telling you, release Donaldson. And I am telling you, to trade this guy so we can make room for this guy that we're, for this kid we're going to call up and we're putting Rizzo on the IL and we're calling up this kid and we're going to make this trade so we can call up this one. If you had done that then the Yankees I would then say, yeah, let's make that playoff push. But the fact that you did it because you, at this point, had no choice. Because what if he doesn't make these moves? We're not winning five straight right now. We're losing five more games. So, again, kudos to Steinbrenner, but again, too late. Your decision-making in this game, or any game, has to be on point. And if you miss... Being on point, you will see the repercussions of that. It's just plain, it's plain and simple. But enough Yankee talk. Obviously, you know, people say that Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. And to that I say, Pfft. you know what the most wonderful time of the year is? Week one of the NFL. Regular season, because football is back. And oh God, how many people love it. Here come all the debates. Here comes this, here comes that. And of course, last night being one of them, Nick Bosa's not going to play. Nick Bosa is now signed. And you know what? Yeah, they had to restructure Trent Williams and George Kittle's contracts to do it. And people could sit there and say, why would they do that? And I commend guys that restructure their deals in the NFL. Because, yeah, they want the most bang for their buck. But they're still going to get their money. They just get it converted to a signing bonus. So in that money that they would have been paid gets moved back into the cap. So they're still getting their money. They're just getting it in a signing bonus that doesn't affect the salary cap. So I commend them for that. But here's the thing. 
and we've seen this happen where TJ Watt didn't re-sign till two days before the game against the Bills where everybody counted us out. And we won that game. And TJ Watt, I think, had like two or three sacks that game. And for those who sit there and you want to say that TJ is not the most skilled player in his position and he's not even in the top five, um, I'll, I'll educate you real quick on this record that he will achieve this year. And the fact that since 2017, he's had .9 sacks in every game, which meaning he has had a sack in every game he has played. Okay? At least one. Okay? He needs in 13 weeks, which this is achievable, barring anything, he needs 10.5 sacks to be the fastest to get to 100, surpassing his own brother, J.J. Watt. And I've been on record as saying that when it's all said and done, T.J. will have the better career. And this is why. And it comes down to one thing, being healthy, which is something T.J. has been more of than J.J. has in his career. Now, I'm not bashing J.J. because J.J. is one of the best to do it. Don't get me wrong. And there's not many that can say that. There's not many that could put themselves on a list with other defensive greats. But J.J. can. If it wasn't for injuries, who knows how much greater J.J. Watt could have been. But unfortunately, his younger brother will be the better of the two. It's just not only statistical fact, it's just pure fact. And people will agree and tell me I'm crazy and I'll have the Brown too. Miles Garrett's so much better because Miles Garrett gets double teamed all the time. And, oh, Miles Garrett this and Miles Garrett that. Miles Garrett gives, chil- gives children in Africa water. Listen, I'm not knocking the guy for that. Is Miles Garrett a talented football player? Yes. Does Miles Garrett get double teamed? Yes. But here's the thing, Cleveland shit stains fans with your stupid fucking Keebler Elf friggin' logo. Which, by the way, I have to go to Stop and Shop in a little bit and punch a couple of more Keebler Elves. But so does T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt gets doubled and triple teamed a lot. So does Miles Garrett. You know who else gets doubled and triple teamed a lot too? Aaron Donald. So does Von Miller. So do a lot of people. The difference is, what are you doing in that situation? And only a handful of guys can produce in that situation. And I will put Miles Garrett in that. I will. I will. But TJ Watt has just done it better than Miles Garrett. There's your difference. There's your difference, and the stats prove it. And I'll get another Browns fan. Well, you know, the stats don't matter. The stats just don't matter. You're an idiot, fan in a van. You, you're a fucking idiot. And you and Garrett are fucking idiots. And you and E-Man, you know, all you guys talk about is stats. What does stats have to do with anything? Well, here's what stats have to do with it. Stats are there for a reason. They are there to keep track of things that need to be kept track of. Like sacks. Same thing with a running back. Rushing yards. Touchdowns. You know, a wide receiver, yards after a catch, touchdowns. I mean, how do you discuss sports without stats? How do you compare two people 
without stats. So you mean to tell me that when we talk about who's better, Jordan or LeBron, we just we just go based off of what? Who had a better slam dunk? Or do you go based off stats and, and, and accolades and, and all that bullshit, right? So to the Cleveland Browns fans to, who listen that will message me later, uh, the stats matter. They're there for a reason. They're there for a reason. How would you compare Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes when Mahomes' career is done and decide who was really better? What are you going to do it based off of? Who had better fucking hair? Oh, well, Tom Brady was better because he didn't talk like Kermit the Frog. So, yeah, the stats matter. And the stats prove that T.J. Watt is better than Miles Garrett. Any schmuck can go on the internet. It's funny for, for you Browns fans that argue with me that stats don't matter. If stats didn't matter, why are they on the internet? If stats didn't matter when you watch ESPN, why do they put with so-and-so, let's just say baseball is the example, how many innings they pitched and what their ERA wound up being for that game and how many walks and all the other stupid bullshit they have with it. If stats didn't matter then why do they track it? So again, the stats matter, okay? Unfortunately, stats are a reason why analytical nerds have jobs. But whatever, they matter, okay? So obviously, Nick Bosa is re-signed. And obviously, Nick Bosa is one of your best defensive players on that line and in that defensive scheme. Okay, I'm not going to deny this. Okay. But will he be game ready? The fact that he sat out all training camp, didn't perform in any OTAs, didn't play in one preseason game. Now, TJ Watt didn't do the same thing either. And this is where Nick Bosa's got something to prove. Nick Bosa proved enough already to get the big deal. Without a doubt, he absolutely has. But here's the thing now. Can you prove why you deserved this deal? And it's the same thing with a lot of guys. TJ Watt, even Miles Garrett, when they all got their extensions, it's the same thing. You now have to prove why this team invested all this money in you. And Nick Bosa is a guy that can do that. But for everybody, this is what I want everybody to do. Because they did it They did it when we played Buffalo. I want to watch all the pregame shows. And I want to see everybody pick the Niners. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. And I will take the phrase from Mike Tomlin because it will now become another Tomlinism. Okay? You could hope the Niners win all you want. You could say that Nick Bosa is going to have a better game than T.J. Watt. You could say that big game confidence Brock Purdy is going to be better than Kenny Pickett. You could say that Debo Samuels and Brandon Ayuka are going to have better games than Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. You could say all that, and I will say this. I don't 
care. Because I don't. I don't. Because now it's the regular season. And Brock Purdy's coming off an injury. And that's a big gamble in itself. All it could take is one hit. And then we're going to hear the Niners fans the same thing they did when the Eagles beat them. You heard our cornerback. And the game after that wasn't fair. Well, guess what, Winers fans? That's fucking football. Injuries happen. When the Steelers played the Seahawks and Big Ben had a similar injury like Brock Purdy, did anybody hear me come on here and say, well, you know, that game shouldn't count because the Seahawks injured Big Ben. Wah, wah, wah. Everybody who straps on a helmet, shoulder pads, and a jersey for their respective team knows the risk. And they've known it for some time. They've known it since Pop Warner. They've known it since high school. And they've known it since college. That injuries come with the game. Some injuries far worse than others. That the fact that you develop CTE. And the fact that it's taken Antonio Brown this long to finally admit it. Is quite amazing. But he's still out there acting a fool, and in fact, more has come out that apparently he even threatened his Albany Empire players with a gun. Another guy who think, another guy who thinks he's fucking Papa Doc from friggin' 8 Mile. But, whatever. That's Antonio Brown, and I, you know, enough has been discussed about him. You know, it's not like he's Kanye copping blowjobs on a fucking boat in Venice and then wonders why he's friggin' you know, banned from any boat usage in Venice. I I don't get that, but whatever. Um, But week one is here, and we get the Chiefs-Lions tonight. And the Chiefs are in their own questionable state. Because you don't have Chris Jones, you may not have Chris Jones at all. Who knows how long Kelsey's going to be out. So now, at tight end, you're relying on Noah Gray. You're relying on Sky Moore to actually do something. You're depending on, uh, I forget his, I'm not even going to try to pronounce first name. I don't even know how you say it, but uh, whatever, friggin' Rasheed Rice, however you say it. And if I butchered it, oh well, whatever, Cleveland Brown said, you didn't get his name right. Okay, I don't give a shit. Okay? Ooh, I, 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 I mispronounced somebody's name. Big whoopity fucking do. Okay, you know, you have, you know, obviously Pacheco in the backfield. But here's the thing the Chiefs are historically known for. They start off slow. The Lions are going to be coming in hungry. Again, they're playing with a huge chip. That it's not off the far realm of possibility that they could do the improbable and beat the Chiefs. Just think about the morale that does for that Lions team. If they could go in there week one on Thursday night in the big spotlight and beat the Lions. But they shouldn't also let it deter them if they lost and it's a really close battle. It's like, hey, you know what? Who could say they've come in here week one against the defending Super Bowl champions and brought the fight to them like no one ever has? 
And a lot of people are discrediting the Lions. A lot of people don't realize that the Lions actually have a pretty decent built roster now. That they actually do have a decent coach who gives a shit. That wants to do nothing but win. That is a player's coach that will build up a player when he feels down. You know, Dan Campbell is that guy. You know, if the Steelers were to just, if Mike Tomlin decided to walk away at the end of this year, and for whatever reason the Lions weren't going to retain Dan Campbell, I would take Dan Campbell in Pittsburgh in a heartbeat. I would. But that's just me. But a lot has to go right, though, for the Lions to win this game. Goff, in essence, has to play a mistake-free game. And yeah, it's week one, and now it's, you know, the sped-up version of what the preseason is. It's not the dumbed-down version and the slowed-down version. You know, now, now it's real. Now it means something. And Goff has to play mistake-free. This offense has to produce every time they're in the red zone. This defense has to make the critical third down stop when you're at that point. You have to manage to throw Mahomes off his game. There's a lot Detroit has to do to win this game. And people are going to sit there. Oh, oh, you know, I take the Chiefs, the over. I bet the. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do it, but that's my opinion. I wouldn't do it. With the Lions being favored at plus six, you'd be a fool really not to take the Lions at plus six. Because even if the Chiefs win, it's not going to be in double digits. You know, again, barring something happening. But other than that, I could see the Lions pulling off the upset. It, It could happen. You know, and then obviously we have all Sunday's games. And then we have the Monday night game with the New York Rodgers versus, you know, the Josh Allen Bills. And, you know, the Bills kind of look like they're limping in because now Micah Hyde might not be available for that game. So now this game looks a little bit more where it could kind of go either which way. But again, you know, I had a Jet fan message me the other day. You know, I don't understand why you guys got to bash the Jets for. And listen, I'll explain why. Because you, the Jets fans, most of you, give us a reason to when you think bringing in a 38, 39-year-old quarterback is going to win in year one and thinks and he thinks he's going to replicate what Brady did. Again, the difference is... In the big moment, nine times out of ten. Actually, I should say eight times out of ten because there's two he choked. More times, actually, I'll just say it like this. More times than not, Tom Brady in the big moment, in the spotlight, on the main stage, with the game on the line, has come through. Aaron Rodgers has not. Now, it's not just Aaron Rodgers, but it's because... People want to sit there and say that he's going to do what Brady did with another team. You know, that he's going to win one with another team. Listen, if they go off and do it, great. Congratulations. We were wrong. We'll admit it, right? 
But it's not going to happen. Because what you're expecting to happen doesn't happen in just a year span. I'm sorry, but it doesn't. And that's why they were better off bringing in Derek Carr because your window is opened a bit more. This is the... The sun is setting on Rodgers' career. And don't get me wrong, it's been one hell of a career, but to only have one Super Bowl out of it and brag about your personal accomplishments kind of shows me what you're all about. The, you know, the championships don't matter to you. The accolades do. And that's where I'll commend a guy like, 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 like Gronkowski, who's been on record saying, it's about championships for me, not personal accolades. It's what I can do to help the team win the big one. That's what matters. It's about selfless, selfish, uh, selflessness, not selfishness. Okay? There's the difference. You know at some point, there's going to be a game that doesn't go right, and Rodgers is going to throw everybody under the bus. It's going to happen. You're expecting this team to gel just like that. That they're just going to go and dominate everybody. But ask yourself this. Rewind back to last year. Or even the year before that. And just remember this name. Jimmy Garoppolo. If you couldn't beat mid-Garoppolo in a big game, do you think he's just going to steamroll through Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert? You know, you really think he's going to? He couldn't beat a mid-quarterback, but now you expect him to come into a stronger, a stronger quarterback conference in the AFC. Because let's be honest, it's stronger because of the talent alone. And you think he's just going to steamroll through everybody? No. Think realistically when, the, when, when you're going to discuss this. Think realistically. This is not going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. I hate to be the bearer of the bad news. Don't get me wrong. They got a decent they got a decent defense this year. You know, they've made moves they had to make to bolster the defense. You know, their offensive line isn't bad. But you're expecting a lot to happen in one year that takes 3 to 4 years to happen. Just what it is. And it'll just be the same thing at the end of the year, same old Jets. Even if they get to the playoffs and they lose, it'll still still be the same thing. Oh, same old Jets. Why did we get Aaron Rodgers? But I digress from that. But obviously, uh, I got to take off. I got to take care of some stuff at work as always. You know, reports and get everything ready. But I hope everybody enjoys week one of the NFL because this is going to be a very exciting season. Um, I hope all your teams win except for the fucking Browns. I hope you guys choke every game you play in this year. I hope you go 0-17 and have a parade for that. And fuck your Keebler Elf logo at midfield. If I was able to get into that stadium, I would take the biggest dump on it. Like I do verbally to the Cleveland Browns fans. 
I would physically take a dump on your franchise just by showing up and doing it at the 50-yard line. <laughs> now, granted, I'd get arrested for it because even if I got away, um, they would find my DNA anyway. So with that being said, I, I always like to shout out and thank everybody who follows, listens, retweets. Um, you know, obviously, like Garrett always says at the end of Steel and Teal, uh, if you like the show, leave a review or just a five-star rating. If you didn't like it, hey, treat it like a bad date. It's not you, it's me. It's not, you know, it's not me, it's you. Treat it like a one-night stand. Hey, you enjoyed it, great. You didn't, walk of shame. <laughs> you know, um, you know, just listen, if you're going to argue with somebody about sports, be factual and be right about things and actually sound intelligent. Don't be like the guy that messaged Garrett yesterday and you just look like a complete fucking idiot. Um, that's just, that's just all I'm going to say. But obviously my guys, Brent and David, 1420 sports, uh, Brent has yet another show out as I always joke about, but he legitimately has another show out. Um, again, one of the hardest working guys in, 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 you know, in this sports podcasting game. Um, I don't know how he does it, but. He does it. So a huge shout out to them for not only supporting me, but supporting all of us. Um, obviously, go check out Garrett and Jalen at Two Dudes with Sports News, as well as me and Garrett with Steel and Teal. And Garrett's solo project, Is This a Bad Take? Uh, also, definitely check out my man Aaron at Brutally Honest, who's always constantly churning out uh, content. I don't know as of late. I think he, he, he may have some in the vault ready to be released. Um, definitely go check out, uh, E-Man at Average Joe Sports and don't miss out on this Friday's live episode with me and E-Man for Cigar and Sports. Uh, cigars will be smoked and sports will be talked and there will be two people that will get absolutely roasted at the end of it all. Um, I will not say who, but you are in for a treat. One is a little bit more on the serious front of why he's going to get cooked. Um, so, definitely, you're going to want to check that out. Uh, if you're in the sports betting, again, outside of an NFL facility, do not be like the guys who got suspended that should not be suspended for six games. Um, if you're into sports betting and you, and you want to bet responsibly, I will add that in there because there are some people that just gamble irresponsibly. Uh, definitely go check out uh, Nate's Daily Wagers as well as the You Bet Smart Sports Podcast. Also, check out my man over at Darian Hopkins Sports Show. Uh, puts out good content. I was actually just on, uh, we did a live stream for the NFL uh, Fantasy Draft League that he started that I'm glad to be a part of. Uh, so definitely go check him out. He does a, I'll tell you this. He does a good play-by-play live as a game's going on. Uh, he's very interactive with that, so definitely go check him out. Go follow him. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. Um, if you're into pro wrestling, uh, check out John Wrestling Fans Insight. Uh, he does a he does a good Twitter um, or X space, whatever the fuck you want to call it now. Um, you know, very insightful when it comes to the world of uh, professional wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it, whether it's WWE or AEW or 
you know, all the other ones that they know of, that I don't know of, that they follow, that I don't follow. Um, yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, also, I like to shout out people that aren't podcasts that, that do support the show. Obviously, my buddy Brandon, who always listens when I send him the link. Um, you know, he is a huge supporter of the show. Uh, he is a Ravens fan, so there will be a lot of back and forth this year, but uh, it's always in good fun. Um, you know, just every other podcast out there that supports and follows all of us, um, you know, again, without this, without you guys, we're probably just, I don't even know what we're doing right now. Probably just doing our normal, boring nine to five jobs and then going home and putting on the TV and getting ready for week one. So, Again, for those who think Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, tell, a, tell an NFL fanatic that because the NFL is the most wonderful time of the year. And no, I will not quit my day job. I can't sing worth the shit. In fact, when I sing in the shower, the shower head tells me to shut the fuck up. So with that being said, enjoy week one of the NFL. Uh, do not miss out on tomorrow's live with me and E-Man. And with that being said, stay safe, enjoy the rest of the day, and as always, peace. Oh, and go fuck yourselves, Cleveland.